0: Hey,
1: hey. I'm doing well. How are you?
2: Yeah, good, thanks.
1: Well, I was thinking this week that, oh, we've been talking so much about generative AI lately. We should probably take a break from it. And then, of course, Microsoft announced Copilot. They did their big launch. You know, more news is coming out about people trying Google Bard. So I feel like we can't not talk about it. It's like potentially one of the biggest technology advancements to happen in, you know, productivity tech in,
2: you know. So I'll give you a different, yeah. So I'll give you a different point of view on it, which which is one that I hadn't even thought of. So if you're in this space and you don't know what ChatGDP is, you know, you'd be laughed at because everyone knows. Like if you're in tech, everyone knows. And if you're not using it, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but. You know, at least you've tried probably once or twice or whatever. Um, Some people are, you know, admittedly talking to some people in different groups, trying to figure out the use cases to use it. Versus people like me who just use it all the time. That I'm actually so reliant on it, I'm nervous not to have it because it's been such a a boon for me. Um, But the perspective I actually wanted to give you is what happens if you're not in this space and you still don't understand all this stuff. You know, what are you doing? And I and and I'm thinking about people that I've chatted to that are. Still struggling with using Excel and PowerPoint and sending email and you know, all those things that we take for, for, for granted. And now you're gonna have this this other thing that you could just tell it, you want a 10, 10 slide presentation based on your Word document. And it's just gonna generate it for you. I mean, that's that's like magic.
1: It is magic. I mean, Microsoft made this point, I think. The average user uses like I don't know if it was like five percent or twenty percent of PowerPoints capabilities, but yeah. if the AI is doing it for you, you don't need to know the actual you know how to navigate the user experience, how to use the more complex parts, um, you know the power behind tools like PowerPoint or Excel. That um, skills gap is lessened if if the AI can help you with it.
2: Yeah, and uh, I mean we should which is, the, which is the, a good thing uh, for barrier to entry. The, the bad thing is when it switches off, what's not available, what are people gonna do? Because they don't understand how it works. So, so there's, you know, I think there's, there's a level of, it's great to have these tools, but it's still important to understand the, the, the basics first before you, you, know same as you don't just get on a bike and ride it, you still have to have some training wheels and, and learn your balance and, and all those things so that you, you can do it properly. But it was just interesting because, you know, if, if I talk to, you know, we're in, in Mossel Bay, which is like old age home of, of South Africa, um, the guys in their 70s, 80s, 90s, on average, none of them are even aware of WhatsApp uh, to a large extent. So chatting to them about, well, I used I just typed this question, here's this paragraph I got back. You know, they can't believe that that's a, that's a machine that's doing that. Um, they, they believe it because you tell them, but they don't believe, like they can't fathom how it works. Yeah. Um and 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 that's the you know sort of the the danger in some respects of you're going to go talk to a person at a bank that is now a a proper chatbot whose language is actually now indistinguishable from from a human because I think ChatGDP would would pass the Turing test I think the Turing test is now out of date so it doesn't it doesn't even factor because the questions and the answers are so so good the only thing it doesn't do is spontaneity which which would be difficult for for an AI to deal with. And it doesn't ask you questions back, which is the other thing, you know, it tries to answer what you've asked. It doesn't ask you why you asked that question and maybe, you know, interpret the question with your body language and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a scary step forward in some respects because, uh, you know, I think it's going to leave a lot of people behind.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, you bring up a really good point about will people even realize that they're talking with AI anymore? I think, um, you know, that's where sort of some of the AI ethics piece comes in, or how do we use AI responsibly? How do we control it on the internet? You know, you think about things like um, deep fake images, or the ability to make like a video recording of a politician, basically saying whatever, at this point, and people, you know, you can just spread that on Facebook or whatever. And, you know, people will believe it if they're not Aware of how far technology has come, if they're not thinking critically, so there's definitely a a danger there for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, some of the some of the images that have been generated. Um, I mean, I've seen a couple of things on uh, Facebook and, and LinkedIn, fake people being generated for modelling. You know, if you think about you know, the, the the sort of memes and all that kind of stuff that we created, someone's got sat there and made it, that. Now, something's going to generate that. So the the volume of, of data being created will increase exponentially now because you don't have to wait for someone to draw it you can tell the ai to draw it it can generate it it can come back to you it doesn't have to be perfect but it's it's enough that you will probably accept it as is yeah you know, that's frightening and, and and this version four that's coming out of, of gdp i was talking to someone about it this morning he was saying you know he'd written a piece of code one way he gave the same code to the engine and asked it to turn it around and give it to him in, in a different format It turned the whole thing around in 13 seconds that would have taken a junior dev, medium dev, or one to two week thing to do. Um, and there would have been quality problems. Um, this thing wrote it perfectly. It, it just completely changes so many things. It's, yeah, scary. The amount of startups that are starting just because this thing exists, also crazy. Because you can just do it now.
1: I know. It's definitely, we're going to go through this period where everyone's, Or a lot of, you know, startups are trying to incorporate it into their technology or starting new startups around it. And I feel like um, it's so early, it's really hard to predict, you know, is this really going to give that transformation we expect? You know, how should we as workers even approach it? Right. Because I feel like there is a job security risk there as well in terms of, you know, maybe they don't, companies don't need to downsize but maybe they don't need to hire as readily if people can be exponentially you know produce exponentially more output um with the use of these tools so ultimately it it could unlock like a four-day work week and we could all you know use tools Mm. like this to like be a little bit more productive and still you know have that opportunity to get something like a better work-life balance or It could not it could (laughs) mean that we're just doing more and more and more and not really benefiting from it at large as a as a working class i guess
2: well i mean i think i think those personal rules still have to apply you still have to learn if you don't know how to do it yet how to say no to extra work um how to plan your day how to find balance um you know how to work in a healthy way Uh, i think those things you know regardless of what the technology is available and this goes back to Industrial revolution and and all those things where technology came in and changed, um, you know, from the horse the, the horse and carriage to to cars to trains to factories to whatever, you know, as you went along, there was a need to to um, to manage yourself and and obviously you know as as things have modernized and and that human rights have become more more uh, front and central and and all those things um, having. An AI that can help you do your job. You know, you're a copywriter. You need to write some text. You know, why not have it generated by an AI that you're, you're fact-checking and then rewording certain things so that's more your way of saying something, but it's it's generating generating what you need. And you know, because most of the stuff, especially if you're putting stuff in the public domain, in that language model, it can t- you can tell it to write it like you would write it. In fact, the, the test that I still want to do, I was thinking about it in the shower this morning, is I want to ask it if it knows who I am and if it could write content in my voice, um, mm. and see if that would work because, you know, I've got public content out there, you've got public content out there. It would be quite funny if it could do that because then you could be, you could be rough and ready and just put some stuff down and ask it to rewrite it in your voice. And all of a sudden you're, you're actually generating your own content just in a highly efficient way. And I think it will open the door to four day work weeks, um, or more results orientated stuff. And, and I think, you know the, the the biggest risk to any to, the biggest risk is the is the lack of skilled people. You know, and and I and I, I told you the story about the, the the guy that drives me, and you know he's got no skills and all the rest of it. Um, that that gap just gets bigger and bigger now, because you need to have some level of knowledge, some sort of skill to understand what you're seeing when the text comes back to you from one of these engines to use it. Um, if you don't have the other fundamentals first, then that becomes even further to get. To get. But you know, hopefully it's not the case. And hopefully that this opens the door to people where they can ask for complicated topics to be explained simply because now there's something that can do it for them. Uh, and if it's a multi-language model, having something in English explained in, in another language or whatever might also be helpful. So yeah, it's, it's it's the, the potential is there. I just hope it's a good one.
1: Definitely. I do think there's a funny potential for like sort of circular, analysis that happens with all of this so like you know we use tools like um microsoft copilot to generate large amounts of text right and then we send it out in an email and then someone receives the email and they use copilot to summarize the key bullet points and like on and on so it's like you're only ever getting the regurgitation of like the summary that you started with is is sort of how it could definitely work and I don't know what some of the implications of that are in terms of like it's almost like a game of telephone right and like is some of the context going to degrade as people continue to try to you know in the sake of efficiency not ever have to engage with large you know bodies of text
2: it's a very good point I hadn't even thought about that as an example but it's such a such a, a doable thing so I'm on a few whatsapp groups that have just been created and you know you guys are writing text and you're reading the text and when you're reading the text you obviously are, are contextually thinking about it for the person that you're speaking to and, and you know you don't know you don't know all these people because they knew so you, you also don't know where they come from when they when they make a comment so you can misinterpret something potentially, and and you could ask for clarification. But if if you're starting to use something else that's doing that interpretation for you to summarize it, that definitely can go the wrong direction. I think that's one of the biggest problems with with these sorts of engines. I mean, and they mention um, hallucinations, which is is a sort of concept for the inaccuracies that you're gonna get out of these generated engines where it it sounds so confident, but actually below the level, it's, it's not there. And that could be a problem. I mean, you, you know, you, as you say, you write an email, it gets interpreted, you get the summary, the summary is incorrect from the original content. Uh, how are you going to know if it was summarized for you unless you go check the original document, which means you now doubled your time instead of halved your time on that item? So I guess it's yeah, it's a horses for courses thing. Don't use it everywhere. But I still find it's hugely valuable. Like, you know, I've got 10 or 20 things in a day that I've put on a list that, that gets populated for me. Through the ChatGPT engine, that when I get when I get it, it's cut kind out of the, the thinking time per se because I can now just review it and put it in the right format. Um, I mean, I built that. I don't know if you saw it, an OKR generator, because I always do OKRs, always, 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 and it, and I've got a whole prompt thing that does everything for me. And I thought, well, that's probably something that people would use because that's probably the hardest, one of the hardest things to do is to write an objective and the key results when you're starting a new project. Once you've done a few, then it's easy. She's like, Oh, yeah, I'm not. Okay, I know where I'm going, et cetera, et cetera. But just to get going. And, you know, I use it all the time. And I just, so, I, so I've, I've shared the link and I'll, I'll send it to you if you haven't got it. But I think that's huge. Like just to have that thing generate for you gives you that that freedom back in your day. And yes, you could take on more work uh, if you wanted to. But that also, I think, is back to, to, to the situation you're in. I mean, if you're doing more work, in less time and you can, you know, I'm at the beach at the moment, it's a busy, it's a pretty windy day, but I could take the kids to the beach this afternoon because I finished all my work because I got through it, you know, t- t- three, four, 10 times faster.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's def- definitely something we're all going to have to figure out. How do we make it work? Uh, how do we take advantage of it in the best way? Assuming that the beta that Microsoft is in with that, those few select companies now for co assuming that'll go as well, assuming organizations are willing to adopt it and you know the security and um i guess ethics concerns don't prohibit that use in business but i feel like the potential for unlocking so much productivity is there that i feel like it will get adopted and we will, will have to see i mean it's basically like what happened when we got personal computers right like it's the same sort of leap forward i think
2: yeah yeah and I mean, in, in some respects, uh, and, and this comes back to my point about the skilled, unskilled people is, you know, the, the advent of the, of the computer and the personal computer. Initially, there was a, there was a financial co- constraint and a size constraint because the first computers were so big and so expensive. And as they, you know, miniaturized and modernized, they became cheaper and more accessible. Um, this is already a fairly cheap thing, if you think about it for the end user, because, you know, chat GDP is free, Okay, not always online if it's free, but you can pay 20 bucks a month uh, in dollars, I think, or pounds, then you have premium access. Then it's then it's available all the time. Um, you can go through the APIs, which you pay a very small amount for. So the accessibility to that capability is, is easy. I mean, it's four, four cups of coffee a month, uh, or maybe three in, in the UK at the moment. But if you had to go build your own language model, you know, you'd never have the money. Uh, as as an individual it have to be in a big corporate and even then it's a huge investment. So, uh, you know, you can only see, I mean, the the thing that I am worried about is, you know, uh, OpenAI as an organization, uh, you know, heavily, I mean, we don't even talk about the Microsoft investment, but, you know, their their ethos and what there are, whatever, I don't think anyone's actually dug into it. I, I know I haven't, but I know when Elon Musk was involved, he was all for openness, transparency, and all that kind of stuff, and he separated away from them at some point because that wasn't the case. Um, and that is the challenge. If you've only got only got a few models that are doing this, you've got Bard and you've got ChatGPT or whatever it is. There's going to be a need for regulation, and and specifically on privacy and and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's the only part that's not clear. And you mentioned ethical ethical stuff. I mean, I think that's the other thing. You know, if you're asking questions like. You know, you're asking questions around something that's not necessarily illegal, but you're asking it to see if it is illegal. That could potentially, you know, be used against you. And I'll use a really bad example of this, but it's it's quite a serious thing um, it, going down the river of a sort of thought police. There was a YouTube clip I was watching of a lady that was arrested uh, in the UK. She was 150 meters from a an abortion clinic. And the cops arrested her because she was in the vicinity. There's some some law that she can't be near within that range of, of the clinic. And basically, they arrested her for thinking about having an abortion. And I can't remember the exact thing, but she had to go to court. She won the case, et cetera, et cetera. But it was quite a serious thing. Now, that was something that was happening inside her head. If you're typing something to a language model, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something that won't get me into trouble, whatever it is, is this illegal or legal to do da 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 Mm-hmm. And someone picks up on that and it's a serious offense. Let's say, you know, some terrorist attack, or whatever it is, but you're just asking the question because you're curious, not because you're actually thinking about it versus someone that's actually got a, a malicious intent. How, how would that be handled? Would, would you be flagged up by your, to your local authorities because you've asked that question uh, or they just let it go through because it's just a question and it's, I, I don't know what the answer is, but it, it, it was something that I was thinking about. Mm. Um,
1: yeah, there's a lot of potential for these things to go in scary directions, I guess. I mean, it's sort of an extension of the internet then. Obviously, there's a ton of horrible content out there about how to do terrible things. But if the AI can help you <laughs> kind of cut to the chase faster, it's definitely a, um, or, you know, generate, you know, new potential uh, things to go south. It's, um, yeah. It's
2: so yeah, fun. look, and I, I, I think it's, something you it should be, <laughs> Uh, Well, I I think it comes down to, you know, personal, and and this comes back to my skills and knowledge, expertise, understanding all this stuff. If you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know how this stuff works and then you're using it, you're at far more risk than someone that has a a bit more understanding on how it works using Mm -hmm. it. So I'll give you another silly example. When I was at one of the banks, we had to block Google Translate from being used. And I thought, well, that's a bit of a strange thing to block because it's quite a useful tool because I use it all the time. And someone said, to me, yeah, but you're missing the point because if someone is using Google Translate to translate a, a, a contractual clause for an agreement, and they've just taken the English version, and they've translated it into, to, um, I don't know, let's pick Arabic or Mandarin or one of those languages that are usually what people don't know a lot about. They won't know if the translated version is actually legally the same thing. Yeah. So you need to go through an approved translator who's not only a, probably a lawyer, but also um, probably a native speaker as opposed to a, uh, um, someone who's picked up the language through through learning it. And I hadn't really thought about that kind of stuff. And it, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you, you're you going to have these channels which you can use them with a level of of comfort, sort of a green zone, maybe amber zone, but then for the the amber to red zones, you'll, you'll have to use an approved service that's gone through some rigor and some regulation and, and whatever it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wonder if we'll get to the, place where we have like a, a co-pilot for financial services or I still think like there's going to be whether it's professions like legal or certain industries that are more regulated and you know have greater risk potential there might I mean they're not going to be oh, without, the adopters
2: yeah without a doubt um, I can tell you that's happening already that they are being built there's no doubt about it um, you know, if you if you just look at at cybersecurity and information security, there's two. I know you need to go, but there's two um, frameworks: there's the ISO 27 and the, and the NIST one. Those are all based on controls and risk assessments and all that kind of stuff. You if you just apply those concepts into those those areas, and you've already got something that can be that can be leveraged as a, as an assistant. Any content that comes through, any question goes through that same model because uh, it's already the foundation. You don't know, you have, have to reinvent it. So I think it's yeah. it's imminent.
1: Well, we'll keep we'll keep watching it. It's wild to watch this develop, but it's certainly interesting. So maybe we'll try to fix yep. it up a bit as well. But, yeah, it just seems like the most relevant thing happening right now. It's hard not to talk about it. So interesting
2: exactly. stuff. Cool, Heather. Well, I'll chat to you later. Have a good day.
1: You too. Okay, see, see you right. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.